Put your shit together. Running. Yep. We we've all been pretty good about uh, muting our microphones the last last while. We haven't had to call anybody savages. Oh, call last off. week you missed it. Christy, Christy oh. got me last week. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, turn off your microphone, you fucking savage. What's wrong with you? I literally just opened everything up, I think, when we recorded that, too. So I was still flipping around things. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course she gets me as I haven't <laughs> had three seconds to go back to those tabs. Fucking savage. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Oh, I threw out my shoulder doing something. I don't know what in the last like day, and I'm so sore. Welcome to your thirties, sweetheart. Fucking falling apart. I'm not one to talk. I'm seriously like burnt out on uh, just work and shit and yeah. all this travel lately. I can imagine. It's been a I lot. I don't have to go anywhere next week. Well, not. Oh, overnight, that's good. Anyways. You can have a home vacation. Yeah. Well, it'll it will be a little bit like I'll be home alone with the dogs. Alicia's out at a conference next week. Which is oh. the main reason I'm not going anywhere next week. Well, that's a nice, like, that'll be a nice little staycation. Yeah. I mean, I Hang out at work. home with the dogs. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. I still have to work, so. Yeah, but, like, you get to be home with the dogs. Yeah. Good old dogs. <laughs> Puppers. Dogs. I just, I can't stop saying puppy the way that Aziz Ansari says it in, ow, 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 in Parks and Rec. And um, he's just like, Come on, Ron. It's just a little puppy. Don't you love little puppy? <laughs> yeah, I think I just watched that episode yeah. like last week. Look at his little puppy face. On, little I'm, puppy. Like, <laughs> I'm like halfway through the fourth season now, I think. Oh, it's so good. I love it so much. It's been pretty good. Yeah, there's been been some really good stuff in, in it. It's just it's just really digestible. It's just something that I can like put on, you know, while I'm washing dishes or whatever kind of thing and and you just leave feeling better after you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Eh. I'm going to be making old woman noises all the episode. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> eh. <laughs> I have all my news this week on my phone. So when we get to news, I'll do that. But I guess that's enough preamble with the old woman sounds. So <laughs> hi, everybody. Welcome to Dance Robot Dance. We are on episode, oh my god, what episode are we on now? 80, no. It's it's right it's in, in the, the Zencaster window. It's no, it's not. Yeah, it's oh. in the fucking URL of the recording session. Oh, 88. <laughs> oh, man. We are elderly. Apparently, we're starting to get dementia and losing our minds and becoming forgetful. Yeah, hey, I just said at this great I age. Just said I was going to be an old woman today. Yeah. <laughs> like I, Mark's trying to find me a muscle relaxant for my shoulder, <laughs> but those make me high. Means you have a good excuse for like our casual racism and and occasional sexism and shit. <laughs> oh, now. No, 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 that's bad. <laughs> no casual racism here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so welcome to episode eighty-eight. Oh man, who knew we'd make it this far? We're what? Why are you uh, always so surprised? <laughs> like, three episodes ago, you were surprised, and then you're still surprised three episodes later. I feel like Christy's like, like wow. on the cusp of quitting the podcast. She's constantly <laughs> surprised we've made it another two episodes. I'm constantly Owen Wilsoning. Wow. wow. 
Wow. Wow. I can't believe we made it this far. Wow. This is a great movie I'm in. Wow. Wow. <laughs> is this Midnight in Paris? Wow. <laughs> it's like I just went back in time, but they never really explained why or how. Wow. Wow. <laughs> It's actually a really enjoyable movie, though. It is. All-star cast. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Hate Woody Allen, but good times. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so uh, we're here with our regular crew, um, which consists of Tim, who you can hear. Say, hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. A nice, nice. Good impression. <laughs> and uh, we got Mark, who's our sickie of the week. How are you, Mark? Uh, losing my voice again, but I, I'll, I'll muddle through somehow. <laughs> we should have made this our musical episode number two, just so we didn't have to say anything. <laughs> I'll be fine. We could do a Christmas music episode in the end of March, yeah. just, just so Mark doesn't have to talk. He's like, I hate you. <laughs> and and so, we, yeah. So and so we can make him suffer even more when he's already feeling sick. Nice. <laughs> and uh, as you can hear, your host, Christy, is here. Hello, everybody. Hi. I am old womaning real hard. I threw out my shoulder, and now I'm all like, Meh. So I apologize for all of the awkward noises you're going to hear. <laughs> I wish it was something cooler, like me, like, doing Mark or something in the background. But no, it's just going to be me being like, my shoulder. Phrasing. Yeah, I said it. I meant no, it on purpose. No, I think I don't think that was phrasing. I think that was intentional. It was intentional. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, making excuses for not sharing the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Getting that in early. Hey, man, I shared like once a month that one time. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I shared it once a month. <laughs> one out of six months. Oh yes. <laughs> anyway, um, this is uh, this is not. Let's pick on Christy out. Well, yes, it is. But anyway. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, I'm going to just tell you the meat of our episode at the beginning of the episode. Um, we are going to be talking about Jurassic Jerns and uh, season oh two, Jurassic Jerns. Oh my god, Jurassic. And um, oh my god. You know, we're gonna Gosh. we're gonna build it up and then tear it down. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I have so many gripes, guys, and I'm hosting the episode, so I apologize. <laughs> I'll try to keep it. I really enjoyed it, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But it had it had ups and downs. I hate, I hate one of those characters. I hate one of those characters so goddamn much. I hate. Okay, anyway, we'll get to that. But for now, why don't we just uh, get a little, little jump start and we'll get right into the newsy news of the week? That's right, newsy news. <laughs> so this is what happens when Christy is hosts. that news about the musical newsies. That's all of our news this week is about newsies. <laughs> Arise and seize the news. I quit the podcast. <laughs> now is the time to seize the news. No one can news us something. I lost it, guys. I lost it. So, um, anyway. I don't think you ever had it, Christy. How dare you? I was born with it. And it's called Maybelline. No, you really confused me this week because, like, I don't. I, I sent something in our group text, and the first thing you po- you posted was "How are you?" as opposed to "How dare you?" So I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is she talking about?" <laughs> That's apparently my catchphrase. I'm like yeah, Mindy Kaling like, in the also, office, just like yeah. I have a couple of questions. Number one, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of our group chat, Christy, we're supposed to uh, remind you to tell us about Marlon Bundo. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's so good. I can't believe you guys don't know about Marlon Bundo. I know what it is. Yeah, it's so good. I can't believe Tim doesn't know about Marlon Bundo. It just means he didn't watch last week tonight. This no, week, so. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I've seen all the viral articles and stuff like that, but yeah, I haven't watched this yeah. week's uh, last week tonight yet. All I saw was the articles. I haven't yeah. watched the episode, but well. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, I'll start with Marlon Bundo because it's so good. And I'll explain why I was laughing in a minute. So, okay. So Marlon Bundo is a huge thing this week because I don't know if you know this, but Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, um, who is the lingering shadow of darkness behind Donald Trump and is a, a terrifying, awful human being. He, uh, his wife and daughter wrote a book um, about their bunny. Marlon Bundo. And uh, that's the name of their bunny. He's very, very cute. He's a very cute bunny. But um, part of the... Um, to all those ugly bunnies. All those ugly bunnies. Oh, cool! <laughs> Sorry, while we're on the air, this is news. I just got accepted into Sheridan. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Now I can't share the episode just... because I'm going to be de- I'm gonna be deferring for a year, but I just got a full-time <laughs> job. So... <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, it's uh, you. You got multiple jobs now, apparently. Yes, I'll get to that when we get to uh, how we're doing and all that jazz. But right. anyway, anyway, so Marlon Bundo is the vice president's family rabbit, and his wife and daughter wrote an illustrated children's book called "A Day in the Life of the Vice President." But it's Marlon Bundo's Day in the Life of the Vice President, so it follows Marlon Bundo as uh, he goes through the day um, in the White House. And apparently his wife illustrated it, and apparently it's super boring, but for all those, like, you know, right-wing conservatives, they're just like, yes, Mike Pence's wife wrote a book, and it's the best, and it's so great, and it's being backed by a known um, organization that supports gay Christian... um, What's the conversion camps like that, which is awful. So in retaliation, um, John Oliver, who is he's a self-proclaimed big fan of Marlon Bundo. He loves the name. He loves the bunny. Decided that very quietly when they found out about this book, he and his staff got together and created their own Marlon Bundo kids book called um, A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. And it's about a gay bunny rabbit, Marlon Bundo, who <laughs> finds another guy bunny and they want to get married. But there's a stink bug who looks remarkably like Mike Pence, who is very, very against them getting married. So what happened was um, he got an all star cast to do an audiobook version of it, too, like Jim Parsons, um, the uh, one of the. The redhead from Modern Family, the brother, is the other gay bunny. They have John Lithgow as the stink bug. No, not Jim Gaffigan. That's a comedian. No, fuck. Yeah, but he's on Modern Family too. Anyways. Jim Gaffigan? No, he's not. Isn't he? Anyways. Anyway, so, and they got Allie Kemper and, like, a whole bunch of other, like, really great stars to do the audiobook version. And what happened was overnight... Marlon Bundo, the book of of um, the John Oliver version, became the number one best selling book on Amazon. Like they <laughs> sold in two days, they sold like all of their copies that they had printed. They didn't think it was going to get that big, and all of their proceeds were going to AIDS research and the Trevor Project, 
which is um, a charity for um, LGBTQ youth. And Mike and Pence's daughter use. bought a fucking copy of it. Did she? Yeah. Uh, that That's was one of the amazing. articles that I saw today. Let's see. Mike Pence's daughter, Marlon Bundes. <laughs> what made me laugh is right now on Amazon, it's listed as um, bestseller, A Day in the Life of Marlon Mundo. And if you hover over it, it's bestseller. And then it pops up an orange in gay. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a gay section. And then um, the uh, Mike Pence one is a bestseller in children's history books. <laughs> yeah. Ch- Charlotte Pence, Mike Pence's daughter, apparently bought yeah. uh, John Oliver's version of the Marlon Bundo book. Amazing. Um, <laughs> but like the fact that it like sold out and then a couple of people were giving it one star reviews because they said it was unsafe for children and it's trash and like it's got the the gay agenda and the liberal agenda and it's like bad for um people uh for kids to read and it's teaching heathenism and stuff like that but what ended up happening was wait what was i just saying if you don't know i don't think people are giving one star reviews to it thank you right sorry i got i got lost in looking at the um the amazon page and (laughs) so what happened was People started going online and giving one-star reviews, but they were like troll one-star reviews. Like, (laughs) gave this book one star because President Trump will never read it because it's above his reading level. Otherwise, great book. And like, um, what are the other, like, oh man, they just all like went absolutely batshit. Like, it was, it's so, it's so funny. And so all these people are like, losing their minds because they can't like they keep leaving these one-star reviews but they're just being overtaken by all these happy people (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just they have to already do a reprint and it's just so great so that's marlon bundo i really like i it's just so good you gotta look it up if you if you have time yeah i i'm looking forward to watching that uh that episode i i don't miss an episode of uh of last week tonight it's so good. On another, on a bit of a sadder note, if we're talking about books and toys and stuff, um, Toys R Us is officially closing all U.S. and U.K. locations. And not only that, the founder of Toys R Us died, died today. <laughs> like, what a sad way to die! Oh no, my dream. <coughs> Granted, I don't know if he had anything to do with the company anymore, but. He was well into his 90s, I think. Yeah, he was like uh, 94, and apparently he was the chairman of the company until like 98, at which time, presumably, the company was still probably doing pretty well at that point. Yeah. It's, you know, I switched entirely to buying shit online, so. But, uh, I mean, the dude's name was Charles Lazarus, so who knows Mm. if he's actually dead? Well, if he's 94, he may have already used one of his extra lives, so. (laughs) (laughs) Or was 94, I should say. (laughs) But yeah, so that's sad. But they're still open in Canada. Yep. Most, mostly because Amazon doesn't have the near the selection in Canada that it has in the U.S., I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, there's nothing I can't get on Amazon that I, like, Yeah. I've never had a problem getting something on Amazon. So Granted, I, I haven't ordered anything from Amazon.ca in a long time. But when I left uh, Canada, Amazon.ca was a pale fucking shadow of its U.S. counterpart. It's much better now than it was. Good. So they've opened all those big depots and stuff around the GTA. So mm-hmm. I get all my deliveries like next day, even if I only pay for two days. <laughs> even though I have Prime. It's ridiculous. It's craziness. So. That's funny. 
but yeah, so uh, there, there's uh, there's that, and that's kind of, you know that's sad, but at the same time, it's still open. It's still like we still get it, and it's still like magical to walk through. And uh, speaking of kids stuff, um, just segueing right into the next thing because there's lots. Uh, Adventure Time. Did you guys know? Do you guys ever watch Adventure Time? No, no, I think. Oh, well, it's real fun, and um, I, I, it's I love it. I think it's such a goof of a show, but it's got its series finale, and it's like ten seasons deep. No one ever thought that Adventure Time was going to end, and um, it's like this. Uh, really big deal. So uh, it's just it's ending now, which is like it. It's been one of the longest running kids shows for ever. Yeah, I mean, I've heard lots of things about it, but it's one of those kind of shows where the the fans, particularly like the adult fans of it, really made yeah. me not want to watch it. <laughs> that's fair. Kind of like the Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, to some extent, that's one of the reasons why I think I stayed away from Rick and Morty until like it was already a couple seasons in. Mm. So fair enough. Yeah, so I mean, it, I get I get where you're coming from. I never experienced that because I never got super deep into Adventure Time. I just really enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely made a a pretty strong cultural mark. I would say mm-hmm. it's super cute too. It's just like a really sweet show, and it's just got some like good vibes to it, which I always appreciate. Like, it's not as good in my opinion as Gravity Falls, but Gravity Falls was outstanding. Never watched that either. Tim, you'd love Gravity Falls. Someday. I think I think that one is actually on my list of shows to watch at some point. So Oh, it's super good. Maybe once I get through uh Parks and Rec. Oh, I love Gravity Falls so much. Okay, so I'll just keep moving along. Uh da, 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 da. uh Tessa Thompson. This is kind of fun. Uh Tessa Thompson <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth are going to be re-teaming up for um the next Men in Black film. I don't know why they're still making Men in Black movies. I don't know why they're still making Men in Black movies. I don't think I even watched the third one. I think the second one was enough to turn me off them forever. I haven't seen the the new ones. I honestly don't know. I know I've seen them all, but I don't remember anything about them except for the first yeah. one. The first one's yeah, actually one's great. The rest and of them. had you know a lot of uh, a lot of moments that have sort of like really become part of the zeitgeist, like the egger suit and shit like that and but yeah, yeah. But in the just that set second movie just left me really underwhelmed and since then just nope this is just not something i want to spend time on yeah that's fair there's but, so much to see now you really have to pick and choose what you want to yes it's almost like we're in a bubble or something It's almost like we're like we're in a bubble of some sort where there's just too much good media and it's just going to burst at some point. Mm. <laughs> right. Christy, anyway. were, you even, were you even listening last week? Yeah. Do you remember, I was there. Do you remember Mark's gripe? Mark's pet peeve? I think she was too, yeah. I think she was too busy taking shots at me to remember what I said. <laughs> shot, 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 shots. Everybody. Anyway. I appreciate that Michael Taylor was on my on my side being like, yo, shots. And I was like, yeah, Mike. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no shots anymore. But anyway, it's going to be directed by um, F. Gary Gray, who directed Straight Outta Compton and The Fate of the Furious. So, you know, Oscar winner. 
Train to Compton was supposed to be really good. It is actually uh, an excellent movie. You should both see. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. That was oh, one I, I that's one I've been meaning to see for a while but haven't got to yet. Yeah, it's really good. I should not have shat upon it. No, you shouldn't have. It's an excellent movie. I think it was nominated for something too. I don't think it got an Oscar nomination, but it did pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it got like some like uh, you know, was that the NAACP like Spirit Awards or whatever? It was something like that, yeah. Well, um, I eat my words then because now I feel like a like a goon. So, uh, speaking of Chris Hemsworth, just going to the Avengers because of Thor. I'm trying to connect all of my news. We jump to Chris Evans confirming <laughs> he's done with Captain America after the Avengers until he until he makes like a yeah until he goes a few years without getting like a big fucking payday, and then he'll come back again. I'm sure when they drive that fucking dump truck of cash up to his house and we'll get captain america for agreed but you know what we're probably looking at a bucky captain america that's my guess i'd be okay with that i mean my thing is like that it's just shitty of him to say that because it probably spoils infinity war yeah so at least at least part at least part four right yeah but uh i don't know i mean i i've just I've given up on these people saying, yeah, I'm never doing this again kind of thing, because usually two weeks later we see a story saying like, well, it didn't mean like ever. Well, much like their um, superhero counterparts, they never die. Yeah. They never well, actually die. Um, the actors do eventually. Yeah, because like Christopher Reeve did die at one point, so... <laughs> yeah. They well, do die. And, and Adam West. And Adam West very recently passed away so yeah but yeah i just it's uh yeah i it's just one of those like never doesn't really mean anything in hollywood Mm, yeah well that's kind of (laughs) yeah um that's kind of how it goes so we'll see but for now he has gone on record saying that he wants to leave before they want him to leave you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think anybody wants him to leave yet, though. So there. No, I mean, women everywhere were like, no. Uh, well, Chris Hemsworth's still around. So. Yeah, and so is uh, Mark Ruffalo. Mm. Yeah. Ar- Ar- oh, Jay. yeah, and um, Robert Downey. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how much longer he's going to be around either, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is still, no, I he seems to be still be having a lot of fun doing these. Yeah. So I don't know if he'll. Yeah, I don't know that he's got another Iron Man movie in him, but I definitely think he's still got a presence in the MCU in him for a while. Oh, I, I think so. he'll show up in like Spider-Man movies. I mean, he could show up feasibly in almost any of them, right? Like just, you know, yeah. as a, you know, Hey, let's go see Tony Stark. Maybe he's got something that can help us on our mission kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, um, that was that. Um, and speaking of our, childhood loves uh steven spielberg says he will never directly digitally enhance or change his old movies ever again did you guys hear about this well he already did et so no he's saying he's never going to do it again because he's like he knows that his audience now is like don't do that we don't want it and it looks bad his buddy george already sort of fucked up that ship uh pretty well but what what did he do with et he digitally removed the guns from an FBI and replaced them with walkie-talkies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. On the most recent like uh, video release? No, it's been like that for at least 10 years now. So oh. it's been <laughs> like that for a long time. 
they got a big re-release like at the turn of the millennium or something like that and it was like a big deal that they had uh released it anniversary one or something like that it was something like that yeah. yeah and he all the guns were gone and they were just holding like these giant walkie talkies instead of shotguns and shit it looked <laughs> fucking ridiculous so yeah i mean at that point yeah. especially yeah the technology was not not there to do that Even no it had been there had been a good reason to do it he's um he's quoted saying um you know in the days of when uh, E.T. first came out and they first did the digital remastering, like with Star Wars 2, mm-hmm. um, social media wasn't as profound as it is today, but what was just the beginning erupted in a loud, negative voice about, how could you ruin our favorite childhood film by taking the guns away and putting walkie-talkies in their hands, and among other things. So I learned a big lesson, and that's the last time I ever decided to mess with the past. What's done is done, and I'll never go back into another movie I made or have control over to enhance or change it. Mm-hmm. And he apparently really regrets what he did to E.T., as well, he should. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, He's, yeah. I don't know. I still... Said I'm. I robbed people. What is it? Um, I got overly sensitive to some of the reaction to ET, and I thought if technology evolved, it was okay for a while. But I realized what I had done was I had robbed people who loved ET of their memories of ET. If I just put one cut of ET on Blu-ray and it was the 1982, would anyone object to that? No. So be it. I mean, the thing for me that's weird is like, ha- whose memory of ET is tied really closely to the FBI agents or whatever having guns? Like, that's not what I remember about that movie. <laughs> it's not about that. It's the fact that he's gone back and replaced the puppet digitally a few times oh, okay. too. Yeah, I mean that. It's, that it's like the Yoda remember. effect. Yeah. And like when they redid Jabba the Hutt, and it was like, how? dare you yeah. i mean i am like, i am our oh, resident purist so if anybody would get it yeah. should get upset about this it should be me well see my thing mm-hmm. was just like how often at in my 30s am i watching et anymore you know what i mean so i was like yeah. whatever do it do what you want like i don't care anymore it's the same with the star wars movies it's like i could still get those original cuts if i really want them exactly i, I mean, mean it's, not you can everybody get old, yeah you can get those cuts out there if you really want to you can get you know the original cut of et if you really want to Yep. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. People bitch about everything a lot. So <laughs> that's true. Well, did you guys see it, like the reviews are starting to come out for Ready Player One, and they are not good. They are not good. Mixed, yeah, yeah. I, I saw. I heard two people like that. I watched like like same day podcast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That both like both reviewed it, and we're both like, it's fucking terrible. Don't even bother. I was like, oof, that's rough. So. I did, yeah, I had uh, I had a friend that got to see an advanced screening, and usually I I would say I uh, pretty pretty regularly agree with her movie opinions, and she seemed to enjoy mm-hmm. it. And she's read the book as well. She said that they deviated a lot from the book, but uh, that she was kind of expecting that because it was kind of hard to adapt, sort of as it was. So I don't know. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to go end up going to see that. I mean, it's what comes out next week. I don't not sure. I don't. I was going to. Uh, I grabbed the book this week to read, but I haven't actually sat down to do any reading this week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's. It must be this weekend. If everybody's talking about it, though. No, Wouldn't this, it be this week? Yeah. This week, I'm just looking at my uh, at like the my Fandango app right now, and it looks like this week is uh, Pacific Rim Uprising or whatever. The new is that it already? Uh yeah, uh, it comes out this weekend, and Ready Player One is next Thursday. Huh. All right. Fair enough. 
Speaking to that, though, like, I don't know. I, I, it, it's got so much hype and it's such an intense and like so much to fit into one movie. That always makes me nervous. Yeah. But yeah, do you guys have any other thoughts about that? No, Not really. Not yet. Well, there's something I'm excited about is apparently there is a new um, trailer out for a dark noir thriller starring Margot Robbie and Simon Pegg. What? The fuck is that called? Yeah, it's called Terminal. <laughs> oh, I saw something about that today. I didn't read the article, but yeah, it was written and directed by Von Stein, and it's uh, t- it's said to tell three tales that intertwine into a story of revenge. So here's a synopsis: in the dark, in the dark heart of sprawling anonymous of a sprawling anonymous city, Terminal follows the twisting tales of two assassins carrying out a sinister mission: a teacher battling a fatal illness, an enigmatic janitor, and a curious waitress leading a dangerous double life. Murderous consequences unravel in the dead of night as their lives all intertwine at the hands of a mysterious criminal mastermind hell-bent on revenge. Jesus, Mike Myers is in this fucking movie. I didn't even know he still made movies. Yep. Yeah, I thought he like retired or something. And so's uh, I'll have to watch the those Matthew Lewis Neville from the Harry Potter movies. I'm into it. And uh, Max Iron and Dexter Fletcher. Oh, no idea. Dexter Fletcher wasn't kick ass. And Max Irons was uh, in The White Queen, but I don't know what that is. Dexter Fletcher and Kick-Ass. And speaking of um, dark things that we could potentially like, did you guys see the new poster for Westworld? New poster? No. There's a poster? Yeah. It's um, on... Okay, I'm just going to describe it to the listeners. It is the Man in Black's hat with blood around it and a vulture, but the vulture is a robot. And in the background, it's all like desolate desert and sky and like blood red floating in the background of the horizon. I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. You pretty much got it. So that looks interesting. Kind of makes you wonder like, what does that mean? If it's like that much desolation again. And like, what is this? What is this like robot vulture? I don't know. What does a robot vulture mean? <laughs> I, I, think, I, think re- I think you're reading too much into this one, Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. No, just, no, man. Just a robot poster. vulture. He's got red eyes. Vulture. I'm. I'm. This starts soon, doesn't it? Like in the next couple months. Uh, yes. April. April twentieth. I want to say. Oh, four twenty-two. It's on the poster. I'm an idiot. Right. Yeah. It's all that's holding me together before the next season of Game of Thrones. Oh. Well, you got a long wait between the end of this and next season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just curious to see how they're going to stick the landing. I think I said this on the episode we did about Westworld. Like, I don't know yeah. where they're going to go next season. And they haven't exactly told anybody like what they're going to do nope. next year. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It sounds trailer interesting, looks though. pretty fucking bananas. I'm excited. I can't remember if I saw the trailer. Uh, yeah. I must have watched it ages ago. Oh, okay. Listen to this. Listen to this. So HBO uh, sent Westworld fans on a little hunt today to uncover some new stuff promoting the second season of the series. A bunch of viral videos flooded the Twitter accounts of the cast in the series of um, containing pieces of a puzzle. Once fans decrypted the tweets, they were treated to a first look at the new season two poster, which you can see above. Basically, you would have had to go to the Discover Westworld website where you would type the following to the AI named Aiden. Control takes chaos. Then Aiden would provide the next hint to become stronger than them. 
them. By flipping the phrase to chaos takes control, you would unlock the poster. Then, hidden in the poster, where the desert meets the mountains, you will find a hidden code that reads numbers and letters, blah, 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 blah. And that code leads to a new page on the website, discoverwestworld.com, find the door, where you will find promo a promo teaser that is narrated by young Robert Ford, Anthony Hopkins, telling the host their new game is to find the door. And there are a bunch of shots of doors opening. Hmm. They've been doing some pretty cool uh, like viral marketing. Did you guys see any of the... Uh... Uh, South by Southwest stuff that they did for uh, Westworld. No. One of my no. buddies was at no. uh, uh, South by Southwest. And for one thing, it was an exciting time to be in Austin. Uh, but uh, he got um, somehow an invite to this uh, whole viral marketing thing that they're doing. And they literally would like take you through the experience. Like you would go and like they would give you either a white hat or a black hat. Um, you would go like sort of as though you're actually entering the game. Uh, you know, from like this white clean space into the actual uh, whatever the whatever the city in the show is called, um, like the you know fictional city in the in the uh, game or simulation or whatever, and mm-hmm. like there were a bunch of actors and stuff like that. You would walk through it and get to like interact with them, and there were like little puzzles and stuff you could solve and shit like that. So that's cool. Yeah, HBO does pretty cool shit like that for a lot of their shows. <laughs> Well, I love anything that will include the fans and like give them a bit of a test to, you know, f- find out more. You know, the ones that actually pay attention, it's like rewarding them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fun. It's like a bit of a living, like almost living a video game a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yes. It says here they built an immersive uh, Westworld experience so you could actually visit uh, Sweetwater in uh, in Austin. Well, that's how, yeah. I don't think I'd want to go there. <laughs> I don't think I would want to do that. Yeah. The whole time I'd just be looking over my shoulder like, what the hell? Yeah, you robot. Like, there were like Delos branded uh, shuttles and stuff like that that would take you out to the village and look pretty cool. He like live streamed a bunch of it on Facebook. Nice. Well, just going from that to my last piece of news. Uh, this has got a red background and red means red on the swoot that is Deadpool's suit. Red Deadpool has red. So we're talking about Deadpool. Did you guys see a new trailer for Deadpool? Christine's brain just broke, I think. No, guys. I segue. I segue real good. <laughs> I'm a segue queen. That was just, that was just word salad there. Um, yeah, I watched it. It's, uh, it's a Deadpool trailer. I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's definitely a Deadpool trailer. It's it's yeah. funny as hell. I really enjoyed the trailer. I don't know what else you could say about it. It's a funny trailer. Movie looks good. I'm sure May's not too far away. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. definitely had. I mean, the last trailer was more just like Ryan Reynolds just doing you know fucking comedy and shit like that rather than actual footage from the movie. Whereas this was an actual like full trailer, so there's a lot more actual footage, but it still didn't like give away too much i don't think yeah which is pretty good like i'm considering like the way trailers have been lately it's nice that they're not doing a insane like oh we're just gonna spoil the whole movie but i mean there's still two months till it comes out so i'm sure they could probably do another trailer where they just tell us what the movie's about yeah yeah but yeah cool uh that's all the news i had um and we are 37 minutes in do you guys have anything you want to share or did i cover most of the bases fuck yeah the marvel theme park worlds that are opening up three different disney theme parks uh around the world in 2020 how could i forget (laughs) 
so there's going to be one at uh, Disneyland in California that's going in for anybody that knows. It's going to California Adventure, which is where they already have the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout ride that sort of is an overlay on the uh, Tower of Terror. But it looks like they're mm-hmm. going to get rid of the Bugs Land area at uh, California Adventure and put in uh, a lot of Marvel, like at least two other like Marvel rides and some other stuff there as well. It looks like like a Spider-Man something is going to go in there. Uh, what else? Uh, the release mentions the Guardian Spider-Man and the Avengers. The poster also has Black Panther and Doctor Strange. So all they basically showed was just like a video that has like promo posters for these three different areas. But uh, yeah, there's there's also a land being built in uh, Disneyland Paris and Disneyland Hong Kong as well. They're going to have, sounds like, different experiences. So we kind of knew this was coming for a while, but it's nice to actually have uh, an official announcement. Yeah. Don't get so excited all at once now, guys. No, no, like, I'm, I was waiting for you to say something else about the announcement. I'm so down for a dance robot dance trip to Florida. <laughs> well, it's not at Florida. It's in California. California. I'm in California. I apologize. Yeah, they, they can't, can't do Marvel stuff. There's some weird thing with Universal where they can't do Marvel stuff on this side of the Mississippi, I guess. Yeah. So um, Marvel, uh, for anybody that's ever been to Islands of Adventure in Florida, um, they which is where the Harry Potter land stuff is. Well, uh, I have been. Yeah. Yeah, Islands of Adventure is where the original like Wizarding World stuff was, the Hogsmeade and Hogwarts um, stuff, and they also have a Marvel Super Island there that includes like a, a really good Hulk coaster and a really good uh, Spider-Man ride and some other sort of middling shit. But as far as I know, they've got long-standing rights. Uh, Universal has long-standing rights to use all of those, like a lot of Marvel characters in uh, any sort of theme park attraction. Uh, East mm-hmm. Mississippi. So uh, I don't know what it's going to take for them to give those up or if they ever will or what. But for now, we can only get, like, I guess, really obscure characters that weren't part of that universal agreement. So that's why there's a Guardians of the Galaxy ride going in at Epcot Center in the next couple of years. Because mm-hmm. nobody thought that Guardians of the Galaxy were going to be worth optioning for theme park rights. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to a pair of movies that have made more than a billion dollars combined. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. I'm just like, I think that'll be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be weird because like, you know, I, I can see how it, I'm just kind of wrap trying to wrap my head around like how they're going to do this land because like it's pretty easy to do like a Star Wars land and show, you know, like some remote alien planet kind of thing. But this is just like you know, nor- the normal world with some crazy characters overlaid on it kind of thing. So I don't know exactly how they're going to go about uh, sort of integrating these characters all into sort of a shared space or whatever. But, I mean, Disney generally does really good with that kind of theming and shit. So uh, I have faith, but it'll be interesting to see how it takes shape over the next couple of years. Yeah. What else did I have? I don't think I had anything else. Oh, uh, I got news that'll make mark happy which is that uh john constantine is apparently going to become a season regular on legends of tomorrow oh there you go as long as it gets a fourth season yeah there is that exactly because they're still up in the air as to whether or not they come back on that show or not so yeah um it's i'm pretty sure i'm sure it'll come back but yeah, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's worn out it's welcome yet on like arrow and maybe flash but uh yeah flash is i think flash like 
has one more year left in it and arrow needs like they need to kill arrow this year or yeah this year yeah pretty much like it, it needs to go um Do you think they will no no i think they'll they'll keep i think it's i think they make a ton of money on those shows and they're relatively cheap especially arrow now like they've <coughs> slashed the budget a number of times mm. to the point where i don't think they spend that much on it anymore i would hazard to guess that like Arrow and Flash will stick around for another year. Actually, Flash might stick around for a couple more years, but who knows if it needs to or not. But, mm. but eh. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I've haven't. I'm I'm a few episodes behind on both of those. Out of all the DC shows right now, Black Lightning has been sort of the one I've been watching first, and then it's been Legends tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, those are those were my two priorities uh, when I was like, I'm not, I'm way behind on everything, but like before I stopped watching everything, those are the two shows that I was like dying to watch. And then uh, I would get to flash and then arrow would just fucking sit there. Like, yeah, still sit there. So yeah. I'm probably five episodes behind on arrow now just cause it, it was just driving me crazy. So <laughs> speaking of stuff that uh, it's not sure if it's going to get a f- fourth season, the internet kind of went crazy this week because not that anybody has said that Rick and Morty isn't going to get renewed, but th- there was, basically oh, saying yeah. that it hasn't been renewed yet so everybody's like oh my god why not it's the best fucking show ever it should be renewed and i'm sure that it's just you know a negotiation kind of thing between dan Harmon well and there, and comedy central there was a lot yeah right. there was a lot of stuff um that like went really poorly last season with like um the fans and with stuff. With the fans and everything. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a little punishment for them. <laughs> I, I saw a couple things. He was on, he's on Smodcast this week. I haven't listened to it yet though. Uh, Dan Harmon was, so he might've said something on there. But like what I heard about this was just that like, they, because of how long the production takes, like it takes them ages just to write the episodes because they're so dense and stuff and nobody's even started writing yet. So they're like, it could be, like the earliest you could see a new season is like 2019. Yeah, well, I mean, so. they're not going to fucking just write if they don't know that the season show's been renewed yet, which makes sense. Yeah, exactly. There's no point in like getting into it. I'm sure he's got some kind of like outline about what he wants to do for next year, but but on the other hand, still like, he's got to like actually. I do would it. be really, really surprised if Adult Swim does not renew that because it's got to be one of, if not their biggest show. Yeah, it'll come back. They just need to. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Harmon just needs to take a break and yeah swim in that giant fucking pool of money he's got in his backyard now because of that show it, was, so. it just felt like kind of a non-story but it was pretty big in the nerd news cycle this week well just in in terms of like how much reaction it got it was a big deal like people were freaking the fuck out all over reddit on it and stuff i was yeah well eventually you know like the show's so popular eventually it's going to get another season it's just like you might have to be patient about it and like we're in the middle of like what a two-year wait for more game of thrones and like we're going to complain about having to wait a year for more rick and morty it's like yeah. no good quality takes time so mm-hmm. you know and then the only other thing that i had is that krypton's premiere aired last night i haven't had a chance to watch it yet i've seen mixed reviews so far but it hasn't been overwhelmingly terrible which gives me some hope for it because you know i'm a superman fan so if anybody's liking it i'm probably gonna like it so I'll get to it. Yeah. I've, I've got the first uh, episode ready to watch. Yeah, it's downloaded. I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I'll. I will watch at least the pilot to make a decision whether or not I want to stick with it or yeah. not. But it'll at least get like maybe the first two or three episodes. I guess it depends on when they introduce Brainiac because I really want to see how they handle that, and then I'll mm-hmm. bounce on it if depending on what, what's going on. Yeah, but I mean, like 
I was honestly expecting like the first response to be just like universally garbage to it. And the yeah. fact that it hasn't been gives me some hope. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I heard a couple things that were like, not glowingly positive, but we're like, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And it's yeah. about as good as some of the CW shows. And I was like, Oh, well, I guess okay. that's not too bad. And I sit through a ton of those. So yeah, well, not recently, but I, in the, <laughs> I have historically sat through a lot of those. Yeah. But yeah, that was everything else I had. Well, yeah, great. No, I'm listening. I'm looking at you. Um, she's, not, she's not at all. I'm going to leave that awkward pause in there, too. So. Well, I was waiting to see if you guys were done. Just making sure. You're hosting. You should be telling us when we're done. No. My job is to move the conversation along, which I am doing. But anyway, so yeah, okay. Well, that's our nerdy news. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to do Geek of the Week. That was awesome. I was trying to emulate the THX. Remember to go. Nice. You're welcome, Mark. (laughs) He's sitting there like, you're God. Um, but yes, so Geek of the Week, everybody. Let's let's do a little Geek of the Week time. So, Tim, why don't you start us off? What was that, that geekiest thing you did this week? Oh, um, there have been a few things, but uh, probably the biggest was uh, I was traveling again for work, as I have been a lot lately, and uh, I always try and find sort of local nerdy shit to do. I was in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, one of my friends who'd been there somewhat recently recommended this uh barcade uh called the paramount which is uh right downtown and uh it's interesting like a lot of those places are sort of like everything's you know just sort of mushed together but this sort of had two separate spaces so there was like the bar and then a sort of completely separate arcade room that was pretty big like they probably had 20 25 machines and like they had it wasn't just like you know arcade games like they had like skee ball and like uh shit like that too but uh, what I sick. yeah, I spent like a good couple hours at least playing uh, pinball games. There's mostly new pinball games, um, like this new generation of uh, of uh, pinball tables that Stern has been releasing. So they had like a, a WWE one, they had a Game of Thrones one, a Walking Dead one, a Ghostbusters one, which I played before, and I think I've hyped up on the podcast before uh what else the star wars one and uh a guardians of the galaxy one that i didn't get to fucking play because there was like eight quarters oh. in the slots but uh oh. I, I played all the other ones quite a bit and i'm like starting to actually i don't know if it's just that they're like made to be a little easier but like i was actually like winning free games and shit like that and like actually you know hitting the shots i was supposed to hit kind of thing because yeah. you know sometimes it's like oh you should hit this ramp because it's activated right now and it'll give you more points or whatever, and I can actually start to do that. So, I had a lot of fun. Would you say you were uh, sure playing a mean pinball? I, I would say I'm a little bit of a pinball wizard. I'm a pinball pinball Gandalf. Oh, wizard! <laughs> but yeah, no, that's rad. I'm so glad because I, I just rhymed. Um, that looked like you were having such a good time. Yeah, it was uh, the pictures were phenomenal. Yeah, it was a fun time, and uh, I'm going to be in uh, Columbus in a couple weeks, Columbus, Ohio, and I know that there's at least a couple of good like barcades there as well, so might try and do that again in a couple weeks from now. Well, that sounds great. They also had an old Tron cabinet, which was kind of cool, like from the old, original like 80s Tron movie. 
That sounds rad. Yeah. But yeah, that's a cool gig of the week. I'm still trying to get my Mark to do his geek cafe. It takes him a while. What's his? But geek I think that'd be cool. Is he? I won't say any more on the podcast. <laughs> it's a secret. Is it? Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> but yeah, so cool. Uh, Mark, why don't you tell us your geekiest thing of the week? Uh, it hasn't been a particularly geeky week because I've been ill and not doing much of anything. Mostly sleeping when I'm not it's working. Been geeky. What's that? <laughs> I said, pretend it's been geeky. Fine. So what I did do this week was to to spite Christy after her taking multiple shots at me last week. Instead of starting uh, The Witcher, I started playing Metroid Prime again. You son of a bitch. So. <laughs> you son of a bitch. The, the, the thing is that like, that only takes me like a couple hours to play through because I've played through it so many times. So I will have it finished pretty quickly. But... I just wanted to, uh, are you okay? You're making like a weird face. Your shoulders are? Uh, All right. I think that's, I think that's rage. Is that rage? I was going to say, it's either that or he's so angry. I mean, so (laughs) mad, so mad. My shoulders hurting, (laughs) but no, I, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been a little out of it this week, so I haven't really been doing much. Just been like avoiding our slash politics so that my brain doesn't explode. And that's about it. So (laughs) playing Metroid and hanging out. Yeah. Trying not to die. Well, I just like I had no voice all weekend and stuff like that. And you guys probably hear it coming in and out <clears throat> this week or mm-hmm. on this episode. Christy looks like she's about to die. We are falling <laughs> apart as a <laughs> podcast overwhelmingly this week. So like, how was your geek of the week, Christy? My geek of the week. I have had. Okay. I've just had the best month. It's been it's been like a really just killer month of good things happening. But I think the geekiest thing <laughs> that happened to me this week was I got <laughs> I got a gig a new acting gig as a ghost walk tour guide. I am so fucking coming to do that ghost walk tour <laughs> with you this like this Halloween. I'm doing one on Friday the 13th if you want to come it's in the woods. Uh Friday the 13th of April? May. May. Um we'll have to see. I'll Maybe. be co I'll be co-walking it. I have to like because they're gonna, that's gonna be my training shift. No, there's a there isn't a Friday the thirteenth in April or in May. There's a Friday the thirteenth in in April, not in May. Oh shit! Is am I supposed to be doing mine in April? I'll have to check. I might I might have just forgotten that that's my day. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's definitely a Friday the thirteenth in April, and there's not one in May. So yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's a walk at this place called Ruthven, and it's these old ruins, like in cemetery, in these two cemeteries squished in between these ruins. But if you come, please be kind and don't like try to throw me off. What I you think I would actually do something like that to you live if you're trying to try something new? No. You Mark is ne- sent Mark me a picture of Elf. Mark has on never stage. done that historically. Ow! 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 Okay. Oh, I I deserve that. You. That's true. That's true. Sent me a. Fucking drawing. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't send it. I just drew it and put it in the pile. I mean, you put it into the world. And you, Christy, was unfortunately the one that pulled it. I couldn't believe it when she pulled it. I was like, I was just in hysterics. It was so funny. It was so <laughs> no. fucking funny. It was so fucking funny. Because you looked, so you mean. immediately shot like the fucking death glare up into the corner I was sitting in. It was so, <laughs> so good. It was mean. Like, no. I had. Yeah. 
no no maintaining the illusion of the theater at all just staring at me for like five seconds this is amazing i'm so mad at you i was trying not to laugh (laughs) (laughs) oh i hate you so much sometimes (laughs) so that's not true and you know it play witcher so um but yeah sorry uh, so gross. <sighs> He's so gross. You brought it up. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so gross. Um, but that was probably my geekiest thing is that I actually got that gig and I had my improv show last night, which was really fun. And um, my job, excuse me, has me um, learning all about art. And so I have like this new appreciation for being an art geek which is kind of cool. So I'm like learning all about the history of different exhibitions and artists and it's going to be really cool. So I've just, it's been really like different kinds of geeky to explore, which I'm thankful for. Lots of big changes in Christy's life. Mm -hmm. How how often are you going to be doing this uh, ghost tour thing? Um, Two or three times a month. Okay. It's not too bad. Yeah. On Fridays and Saturday evenings, though, mostly, so it's not going to get in the way of podcast time. No, I just, <laughs> your, your schedule already seems pretty full. Well, it was partially so bad just because I couldn't fit anything in before like 6.30 on weeknights. Right. Because you were working. And so now, and... yeah, and now like I'm in Hamilton and I'm, oh, so I'm going to play, oh, I've said that a million times. Yeah. Um, like I'm in a space where I can actually like I have more energy now and I'm I'm able to do things and like push them up so that I'm not so compact. And like understudy stuff is different because with like rehearsing and and whatnot, it's w- once a week, but I'm not in any plays right now. I already finished writing my script for um the theater show for this fall and I had all my homework for applying to college done and then I got the new job. So like all this like huge stuff that was happening is finally starting to settle. So I actually have time again, though. You're not going to like me because um, next month I am hosting not April, but May. I'm doing an improv workshop series. <laughs> Life just gets crazy. Anyways, this is about oh, it's Chris time. This is about everybody time. So we're going to move on to the meat of the episode drunken meat boo you're usually so good at that i didn't know what to do that was really disappointing to me froze up i was like like, mutant meat uh, yeah i could do that you can't say that mcu you can't say mutant yeah or steroid ridden meat yeah steroid ridden meat that reminds me of a really gross video i saw about all these like meat like butcher shops that were showing like pieces of meat that had like boils and cysts in them and they were still cutting them up and just cutting off the cyst and like cancerous meat that they were still selling to customers they just cut it up cut it off and it's like no well i'm both hungry and hard now so why don't we talk (laughs) about jessica jones oh that's a segue Uh. Sorry, I thought about Alf again. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, like, you know, cancerous meat and shit like that isn't enough to make you gag, but Alf is apparently. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, he's so gross. 
Oh, okay. So let's talk about Jessica Jones. So let's let's just go through, just get our first impressions of the like of the uh, season two overall. Like, give us some. Let's say try to condense it to a minute and a half breakdown of what you you liked about the series. You can give like subtle gripes, but I don't want to hear like um, full fledged gripes yet. Like, tell me one or two things that you're like. This is what I partially might be talking about um, when I gripe, but I want to hear mostly the positive stuff that you liked or what you took away from it compared to season one. Um, Tim, why don't we start with you? Um, let's see. Overall, I, I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it as much as the first season, but it felt it felt it was different from the first season. Like I was kind of concerned. Yeah, it, I was was concerned that it was going to be like, you know, just sort of a repeat of the first season, but it definitely wasn't. So at least they avoided that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it had some weird stuff. It had a, some very different tones and sort of style of storytelling than the first season which in some cases worked in some cases really didn't work but yeah i think it's still a, a solid entry in the the mcu just maybe not as good as the first season i mean that's without going into too much detail that's the majority of it um i i thought that the, it was a it was a good way to do an origin story uh like to do it in the second season right like first season is just like this is who this person is now uh, you know, we're not going to give you a whole bunch of information because we're showing you who this person is. Not it's also kind of irrelevant to the plot of the first season. Like yeah. who she is and how she got her powers didn't matter to that story. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas now, you know, sort of going back and saying, okay, now that you already have sort of uh and, and this is partially the way that you need to do, uh, do this with a character that's not as well known is, uh, you know, you establish the character first and why we should give a shit about them. And then you, when you care about them and start getting more curious about like, hey, how this person get where they are, then you go back and start telling bits and pieces. And it's, uh, I mean, Arrow did that in a lot of ways, but I think that this did it a lot better than Arrow has. Well, that was, yeah. that was Arrow locking itself into that weird like flashback structure for five years. Yeah, and they really only needed it for like maybe the first two. Yeah, pretty much. So. Except for I think it was season four when that's how they introduced Constantine. So I'll give them that one. But other than that, yeah, I had the same kind of thought as Tim. Like I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. I was I probably the I was probably the highest on it out of the three of us and out of everybody that I've talked to. I I quite enjoyed it. It was very different from what was before. But I thought um, once I kind of got over that the plot was going to kind of meander a little bit more than like the very focused first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like more happy to just kind of. Um, or sorry, I should, what I want to say is I was happy to just kind of sit and watch the characters kind of muddle through their very broken lives kind of thing. Cause that's kind of what the season became more than anything yeah. was character study as opposed to yeah, there was actually have great a character big work. plot. Yeah. So like, I thought I was kind of watching it like with that in mind, I think more than anything else. Like I'm not like the plot is kind of meandering and I don't really care that much about all this stuff, but like, I was really interested in like how the characters were doing and what the char- like how they were interacting and like as things started to fall apart that got more and more interesting to me. So by the end of the season I was like, "Oh, this is really good." Um there was definitely like there's problems and we'll get into them. Like I'm not probably going to disagree with either of you about the gripes you had. I just didn't like I don't didn't get super bent out of shape out of by anything. Mm-hmm. So Mhm. Well, I'm glad that you liked it lots um and enjoyed it. Um my uh, 
My thoughts overall, I really enjoyed the season. I liked it a lot. I found that it was it was dark in oops sorry, it was dark in different ways than the first season. Like um I liked that it was a bit of an introspective and a character study of a lot of people. Um and um still showed how broken everyone is. Mm-hmm. And uh I thought that was really like to show that being a hero is actually quite a struggle and to see it from a perspective that it's so destructive. Um, I thought was really interesting and I liked being able to see these deeper plot lines and seeing everyone grow because this was about growth and character growth and um, seeing a change. But um, I had my gripes because to be honest, I felt like, and maybe you'll agree with this, maybe you won't. I felt like the story was very stretched. Well, like, there was a lot of overlapping plot that just kept being brought up to the, in the same like kind of functionality. It wasn't moving anything forward. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as stretched for me. It felt a lot of the time, like I was watching like almost three separate shows that sometimes crossed mm. over with each other. Yeah. Like there was a Jessica mm-hmm. Jones show, a Trish Parker show and a Jaron Hogarth show that were all sort of Jerry, Jaron, isn't it? Well, it's they call themselves they call her Jerry, Jerry. but like her name is Jaron. It is Jaron Hogarth, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and and so between like yeah, there was entire sections where it was like okay, there's scenes with one and that just cut to the scenes with one of the others, and there's not really any common thread between those. It's just this is what's happening on these. Like I felt like I was switching back and forth between three different channels in some of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. which wasn't necessarily well, I bad. Agree with it was you just there. different, and and. I mean, there were some points where it was kind of jarring. There were other points where I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. I think a lot of big cable shows do that a lot, though. Like, they split the the cast up to kind of get a bunch of different styles of plot going all at the same time. Like, that was pretty common, like, especially the old HBO, like The Wire and Sopranos and stuff like that, yeah. where, like, you wouldn't necessarily see any of the characters interacting for, like, big hunks of the season. And or, like, then- or, like, Arrested Development Season 4. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, that's that's a bad example of it, but, like... <laughs> Sure. No, that's it. That's true. But um, I didn't hate that season, but again, it was it was very different from the previous seasons, and this was yeah. sort of similar in that, right? Like it just didn't feel like one integrated story. It felt like a few sort of disparate threads that occasionally crossed over each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was the thing, though. It's just that, like, especially I really enjoyed the story. Like, I loved Jerry, and I'll get more into that when we talk about it, but. What I just I I didn't feel like there was a a lot to add after a, like the first few episodes when Jessica discovered it was her mom. I felt like it was recycled plot, and that we didn't really because they were trying to make it still about Jessica, but there wasn't as much to dig into there because they did summarize a lot of what had happened in like the the flashback episode. I found that they were just playing like a ping pong game back and forth of you're the mom, you're my mom, but you're not my mom. And I love you, but I can't control who I am. And, but now I can't control who I am, but I still don't trust you. And I don't trust you because you're not my mom, but you are my mom. You smell like my mom where everything else, there was like stuff that was way more interesting happening to the other characters. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little bent out of shape on that too. Like the, I mean the whole parent back from the dead thing in general was just kind of tropey for me. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it 
it felt tropey initially. Then they did some cool stuff with it later on. So it was like, okay, if you know, you're going to use a trope, at least do some interesting stuff. And you did. So I'm less angry about it now than I was at first. Yeah. My main problem with that plot was just like how little they use Kaelin Keith Rennie, who I love. So I was like, I was really disappointed with it. Like how little his character actually did with, with which one is that? Uh, the doctor, oh. the guy who was kind of taking care of her. Yeah. yeah. As, uh, as Carl. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember his character's name, but he played Lou on Californication. So yeah. there's a lot of Californication alumni on this season. It's really yeah. weird. I was actually looking forward to seeing more of him. I wanted to hear more of his story. Yeah. And I felt like we were sort of robbed. I don't know. It kind of felt like Marvel Mad Scientist 101 kind of thing. Like it didn't feel like yeah. anything like super exciting. With him, the only thing, like if he had been more. They just played him kind of like weird, crunchy granola and actually too infatuated with, I can't remember the mom's, the mom character's name now. Either way, like too kind of attached to her as opposed to like doing stuff that Caitlin Keith Rennie is very good at, which is playing a little unhinged and being kind of strange and stuff like that. So yeah, they could have played into, like, especially having an actor like that good and then not, not having him do what he's good at kind of thing. I was like, that's kind of weird, but okay. At least he's working. But yeah, I don't know. The, the mom plot, I wasn't, I feel like I, that felt like the plot that I was paying the least attention to overall. And I was always, yeah. so I was like, I would get into it because I like watching Kristen Ritter play Jessica Jones. But a lot of times I was more like, I would rather you be involved with the other plots because those are a little bit more interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and it was Alyssa was yeah. her Alyssa, right. Sorry. But yeah, no, I agree with you. And you know what? Why don't we take that as a as a starting, like a jump off point? The fact is that we all enjoyed the season, and there's like it was a good, if it as a standalone, it was good TV. It wasn't like poorly written. There wasn't anything really wrong with it. Like there was good character development. But I think when you come from such a strong first season as the first jessica jones was because of Kilgrave and because of the relationships there and her feelings of vulnerability like to move to this season and then make her story so much less interesting than everything else that was going around wasn't i don't want to say disappointing but it it did kind of misplace my feelings about jessica what do you guys think uh yeah it was a weird decision to have her separated from everybody for the entire season almost mm-hmm. whereas it felt like especially with last season and then her having been in defenders like i like watching her interact like my favorite part of the jessica jones character and like Kristen ritter playing her is watching her interact with everybody else Else, around her snarky and like yeah and being shitty to everybody and all that kind of stuff and it felt like they kind of didn't really get a chance to play with that as much and maybe they were trying to get away from it so that you weren't just like living inside that trope but it was still like i still want that character to do stuff as opposed to just kind of yeah just be angry at her mom. Well, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. I mean, and that's why it, it made her seem kind of infantile, and Jessica is not infantile. Yeah. I, I think that it might have been a conscious decision to get away from that because I think they were kind of trying to isolate Jessica a little bit and show, like, you know, that she needs her support team around her kind of thing because obviously yeah. she has issues yeah. kind of thing and, and they help her to sort of uh, to temper them. So, uh, but yeah, I agree. It didn't, it, I, it was played a little too ham fisted for me. Maybe it was a little, yeah. it was weird. Cause like, I think maybe it was just because those two guys from Californication were in the show, but I felt like it had a lot of parallels to the second season of Californication, not in like 
actually destroy it. It's just like that season of Californication was very much like Hank being the grown up and him being the most broken out of everybody, yeah. but everybody else was falling apart around him. This felt like that in Jessica Jones land where it's like, she's keeping it together and kind of functioning where everybody else around her really starts to fall off hard. Yeah. I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. weird. So when well, in, in MCU terms, it felt kind of like it had a Iron Man two vibe to it. Right. Where like everybody's yeah. sort of spinning out of control and just sort of barely hanging on as everything's yeah. going to shit around them. And I do yeah. like those sorts of stories. Like I like, you know, where you're really having to like, uh, I mean, you're seeing, uh, like people having to like relive and revisit past traumas and they're being forced to do it, you know, not because they're like doing it on their own terms kind of thing. Um, or like, you know, really fucking like tough diagnoses and shit like that. And Oh yeah. yeah. I'm into that stuff too. Like I like it when they're humanized, mm-hmm. but that was the thing. Like, that's why I loved Jerry's storyline so much. Yeah. Like that was my favorite part of the show was her development because like i don't know about you guys but i was losing it when okay spoilers alert obviously already but when inez and her boyfriend robbed jerry and she came home was just like on the floor weeping yeah i was like kill them like i was so invested even though jerry at the beginning like the last few seasons has just been this you know kind of heartless ruthless lawyer like her finding out she had als and then like going in typical jerry fashion to just like be self-destructive and try to find a solution that she has no control over and just like in that feeling of helplessness like being duped and being vulnerable i was just like yes thank you this is a cool story. This is a story we're telling. It doesn't I don't know if it really truly belongs in Jessica Jones, but at the same time it added well, to a character that I had always been kind of curious yeah. Well, about. like you can't tell that story either uh in terms of like her having false hope uh you know of the dude healing mm-hmm. her unless you're in a universe where that sort of thing is at least feasible even if it didn't end up actually being real. So, um yep. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, sort of that idea of living in a world where powers are maybe not common but are but exist uh, th- that's a really interesting type of story to show there you know where where there are people that are taking advantage of that and using yeah and, uh, using it to grift people and that kind of thing so I find it I think it's neat too because the the Netflix shows have done a really good job of like taking Jessica Jones in particular actually of taking these powers and like kind of applying them to like how they would like how would you deal with them in the real world mm-hmm. where like you spent the whole season with Kilgrave in season one and like part of the main thrust of that plot is like how do you prove that that power exists like how do you prove that he has some kind of weird mind control power mm-hmm. whereas the same thing yeah. happens here where it's like you've got these characters that are like say they have healing ability but do they is it just bullshit are they just conning people like that kind of thing so like it, it's an interesting yeah. take on the superhero genre that you don't see too much. Like I've seen it in some kind of other, like not in like DC and Marvel primarily. Like I would see it in like Astro city or invincible or something like, like an indie kind of book where they would go and take the time and like play with the tropes of the superhero world, as opposed to like, we have to keep the superhero world going in perpetuity. So we can't talk about these kinds of things. Like you can't really do that in like the Marvel universe or in DC because it's like, it kind of breaks the immersion of the story. If you start, looking at how the real world would react to it so dc's starting to get into that it's not really caught on a lot but like uh that um 
the Mr. Miracle book that Tom King's writing that I gushed about on the podcast previously is doing a really good job Mm -hmm. of showing like Scott free, like trying to deal with, you know, the craziness of having like this world as a fucking like cosmic uh, deity and also splitting that between his like actual world or, you know, real life kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that gives it so many more layers that I find makes it compelling. Yeah. Makes it easier to relate to. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I like in my superhero books. So like, that's why I glom onto those kinds of things really quickly. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it does. It it makes it a lot easier to like relate to it. If you're like, Oh yeah, I guess that would be happening too. Right. Like you're not necessarily going to go out and like put on a costume and help people. If you have superpowers, you might be like, well, how can I use this to like help myself? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're still shitty. People. Yeah, exactly. Like if you had like, I don't know, whatever, like magnet powers, would you automatically become Magneto and start like trying to whatever fucking subjugate the human race? No, you're probably just going to like get pissed off in traffic and fling cars off the highway or something ridiculous. Right. So. Yeah. Or go yeah. to a casino and fuck the back rat table or something. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you're going to make yourself a bunch of money by fucking with ATM machines or something ridiculous. So. Mm-hmm. But that was one thing I really liked about this too, was that it did bring into light what you guys are saying and that it created the world where we're reminded that heroes are not impenetrable people like and neither like you are going to meet these people who are going to take advantage and like do it in subversive like deeply emotionally traumatizing ways and then you're going to meet heroes who are like not heroes they're into heroes they're struggling and that they will you know we never really know uh, whether or not Jessica's mom was really redeemable. And then all of a sudden <laughs> she's killed because she's not invulnerable. Yeah. It was an impressive shot too. I will say that <laughs> much with a handgun. <laughs> it wasn't a handgun. She had a rifle. Oh, was it a rifle? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, still impressive for an amateur. Well, I guess no, she's been training. So never mind. yeah, she's also highly trained in like Krav Maga. Yeah. Yeah, so um what were your what were your favorite parts of the series? You want to go first, Tim? Sure. Uh one of the things I liked which I sort of mentioned already was that it felt it felt really standalone. Um like it wasn't really like like so much of the other MCU stuff feels like it's building to something else or it's just pulling like references and stuff like that out of everywhere. This had a couple of that, mm-hmm. but ultimately it was a very contained story. I mean, we we saw Foggy once just to say, like, hey, he exists and he works for this. We're recognizing yeah. that this is still a part of it. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, the kid had the Captain America toy, but it wasn't, like, beating you over the head with it. Like, say, you know, like, uh, Luke Cage or, or, uh, uh, or, you know, where, like, we didn't see fucking Rosario Dawson. We didn't see Night, uh, Night Nurse in this season at all kind of thing. For, like, the first yeah, time. one of the Netflix shows, so. She did her job. She brought them together in Defenders, so like, there's yeah. no need for her yeah. around anymore. Yeah, and I'm not saying like I hated that. It's just it's just a nice change. Like this 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 season had a lot of departures for me, like things that just we haven't seen in the Marvel like uh, Marvel Netflix shows before. Um, so yeah. stylistically mm-hmm. and in terms of storytelling devices and stuff like that, which I thought was uh, just kind of refreshing. Yep, I agree. But uh, and the other thing that I thought that this season did really well is playing really well on the long shared histories of these characters. Um, maybe not so much the flashback episode. I'll get into that later. But 
you know, we're seeing like these MCU movies or whatever, where these people have just met for the first time kind of thing. And they're, you know, they've known each other at most for a few years at this point. But in this case, we've got these characters that have known each other their entire lives and have a lot of things, you know, a lot of background and a lot of stories and a lot of history together, whether it's like romantic entanglements or friendships or family or rivalries or whatever. So there was substance. Yeah, there's a lot of substance. And I, I felt that overall the characters were written pretty well in that, uh, or the relationships were written pretty well overall. Like you got the feeling that these were very lived in relationships. It wasn't just sort of superficial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think all the uh, the Netflix shows do a pretty good job of that. Well, at least the two good ones anyway. Uh, like <laughs> two good ones. Well, I mean, like Daredevil and Jessica Jones both have a very nice, like fleshed out universe and they flash back and you kind of see their lives before the superheroes like craziness started and all that kind of stuff. So like, I I've enjoyed that a lot. Well, Luke Cage did it pretty well as well. Like, you know, you got like him coming back to Harlem and everything. Uh, There were, you know, you could definitely feel like there was a lot of history and stuff there. Iron Fist kind of dropped the ball on that one, but Iron Fist dropped the ball. I think that's why Iron Fist suffered was because it was just blah. Um, I also was pretty happy that they didn't lean on Kilgrave too hard based on the promotional material. Uh, and sort of the trailers and stuff, I was concerned that it was going to be like, in whatever capacity, he was going to be sort of a, a shadow over the whole season. And it wasn't. It was just you know, mm. one, one and a half episodes or something like that that he was really sort of prevalent in. Um, yeah. And that's also because everybody just loves David Tennant. He's a great character. And I mean, a fucking amazing actor. I just didn't want to see another oh, yeah. season that was Jessica versus Kilgrave. Yeah. No, the keeping it to the one episode I thought was yeah. genius. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it was a, t- it was like a little, a little sweet. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the only other thing, or the other thing that I really enjoyed was the sort of the overarching investigation, like Jessica digging back into her roots and stuff like that felt pretty realistic overall. I mean, for it being, you know, sort of a conspiracy theory, comic book kind of thing, but it wasn't always like A leads to B leads to C. Like they would hit walls, they would have setbacks, they would have to, you know, go back and retrace their steps or, um, you know, they would uh, have a suspicion that turned out to be completely wrong or something like that. Or there was also other, you know, they also had clients that they had to deal with. And so they'd have to put that on the back burner kind of thing, which is a lot more realistic than what you would normally get on, say, like a normal, like private eye movie or TV show or like a police procedural or something like that. Yeah. Mm. So I thought that the, that, that yeah. part of the writing I thought was pretty strong. Yeah. Well, um, again, I, we all liked it. I think it was a good show and I stand by that. I think that it was, it was strong and compared to the second half of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, it's still like a really good, um, defender show, but let's move on. Let's move on to our general gripes. Mark, Cause Mark you know what? I feel like this will it. take time. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mark. I thought you did. I'm, I'm just, I took two really intense Tylenol about 15 minutes ago. So I'm starting to get kind of like, <laughs> Mark, what did you like? About uh, my main thing was just the acting. Like, I think everybody kind of crushed it this, like this season, everybody, uh, especially like Kristen Ritter is amazing. And like, I adore her. So that yeah. goes without saying, but um, the guy who played Malcolm was just like, he deserves an Emmy nomination for he how was, strong his work was yeah. this year. Like he's, he was Awesome. Really fucking good this year. Carrie Ann Moss again, yeah. awesome, was fantastic as well. 
And uh, Malcolm is Eka Darville, yeah, by the okay. way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, so th- those two and Carrie Ann Moss, I thought like that just carried the shit out of the show this year. Yeah, they really did. And because uh, everybody else was a little, I felt like a lot of the people they hired to do other stuff, with, with the exception of, uh, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, Elias Codius, like the guy who played Casey Jones in the original TMNT movie, who played the cop that was yeah. like on her side. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty good. Oh, um, oh, what was his name? I can't remember. Any uh, character names. Like, that was my problem with this season. Was like, Simpson, Will Simpson. No, no, no that's Nuke. Uh, uh wait the wait. cop the, the cop the cop who actually helped her this season the older guy Co- Tuttle, but not Tuttlebaum. yeah costa that's uh, eddie costa uh, john, eddie john ventimigli is the actor okay um sorry yes i i recognize him from somewhere he's a good actor he was he did pretty good work i was surprised they killed nuke that early actually um because I, w- I was kind of suspected he would be in he was going to show up in daredevil next year but i guess they're just going to do bullseye and kingpin again so whatever but yeah, what else did I like about this this season? I really liked the music. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned that it did not I it didn't stand out to me at all. And I went back and rewatched the pilot like this week after you had mentioned the music and I was like, "Oh, it this it it is good. It just didn't stand out to me." It's not um, invasive. It's it's uh, Yeah. Yeah. But that's good music. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's stuff like Luke Cage where the music was phenomenal and and it was pretty standout, but there's also yeah. that's something to be said for you know, having music that is good, but also kind of understated. Yeah, I don't think they were going to be able to do that. Like, like the Luke Cage soundtrack, like, was probably the best part of that. Sh- well, I mean, except one for, uh, for sure, Cottonmouth, yeah. Cottonmouth, Cottonmouth performance, but like, it was probably the, one of the strongest aspects of that show, the mm-hmm. production, especially. Yeah, that show was because a- it worked with the whole movement of the show too. But Jessica's yeah, exactly. understated in every aspect of the show, so the music had to remain detectivey and understated. It wasn't going to be rock and roll or pop. Yeah. Yeah, it's still I mean, it still had that same overall really great vibe. And I'm sure the music is part of this of being like this weird mix of comic book and sort of film noir and and police procedural kind of thing. It's still struck that same balance that it had in the first season. And it's pretty unique. Like, I can't think of any other you know TV show that's ever done that or even movie. I mean, maybe Sin City to some extent. But yeah, I feel like that the show itself even inside of like the the mcu or like any other comic book show has like a a completely separate tone Mm -hmm. the only one that even comes close to that a similar tone is daredevil and like that's going to be pretty obviously like like they're obviously stable mates and stuff like that so they're going to have a little bit of tonal similarity so Mm -hmm. yeah cool um anything else you want to mention before we move on to gripes well, I mean, like technically, it was still it, was, it wasn't as well shot as last time, but it was still pretty well like put still, together, like yeah. it was directed well and stuff like that. Well, and so, we like, haven't even discussed the fact that this entire season was directed by female directors. It was oh, that's right. awesome. Which apparently they had started out uh, saying that they wanted to have at least fifty percent, and then they just were getting so many good people that they were like, okay, let's just load up the fucking season with entirely female directors, and which is rad. Yeah. Well, see, the, my my question would be like, when are they going to do that for a show that is not female led? So, like, yeah. is like, when are we going to have like a half season of female directors the on Game of Daredevil or something? Or you know what I mean? Like, I would like to see something like that. It will happen, but you have to have these like way makers first. Yeah, like, absolutely. To convince, I think it's it sucks that this is the process, but we've talked about this before. You need to convince the 
men in the industry, the women are as good, even though they are as good, they have to be better than as good to actually get noticed and get some notoriety in order to become better. Yeah. It's a frustrating yeah. system. Yeah. But it's fine. We're not talking about politics today anymore. But yes, cool. Let's move on. Let's move on to gripes because we are um, going to be hitting about an hour and a half soon, probably with um, after editing. So we should we should spend some time gripping, gripping away. Dance away. Yep. Yeah. Dance, dance robot dance away. We've already done. It wasn't faint praise. We have we've said some really nice things about Jessica Jones. That I think um, deserves saying. But um, let's move. Okay, uh, I just want to say just just before we start, I just got to say one thing. I just got to say one thing. Um, I fucking hate Trish. I fucking hate her. <laughs> I hate her with every fiber of my being. Um, I hate her. I hate her so much. I hate her. I hate her a lot. And I hated her more and more as the show went. I didn't start off hating her. No, I hated the same her. way. I I started out like I even have notes in here, like written in my notes, where I was like, yeah, I really like the Jessica and Trish relationship this season. And then, nope. like, I got a f- couple more episodes in. I was like, fuck this. I hate Trish. <laughs> I hate her. Um, I yeah. wanted her to die on that table. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but I just really didn't. I didn't want to see Hellcat. I wanted that girl to just get the fuck out. See, the thing okay. is, is, like, you can you can do that sort of story in a way where the character is still, like, likable and... So, you know, you can empathize a little bit more with them, but that is not the way that they did it. Like, she was just a really fucking unlikable character for the last, like, two thirds of the season. Can we maybe explain to the listeners what what we're talking about as opposed to just just saying terrible, how terrible and how much we hate it? You know what? She's awful. She's a horrible, she's a horrible character. She was, I don't know if it was the actress or if it was the writing, but she was just like, no multi-level or no dimensionality to her character. Okay, so okay, here we go. So Trish, do you, Tim? You you feel this because I'm just going to be enraged. <laughs> I'm just going to be enraged. Well, I mean, for anybody that hasn't watched it yet, you know, Trish sort of starts out the season as just you know kind of uh, Jessica's friend, but she's also got this like new relationship with a big like uh, news anchor or something like that, and uh, she's basically starts feeling inadequate, like she doesn't have powers. She's just got this shitty little radio show that doesn't really have, you know, much of a following lifestyle. Yeah. And so, you know, she just starts basically like overcompensating. She gets, uh, was it nukes? Is that the. Yeah. Simpsons, yeah. Uh, like inhaler yeah, Simpsons, yeah. that is basically like Simpsons enhancer, like a, you know, steroids or something like that. Like it's comic book steroids basically. And it's uh it's it's technically it's weapon plus stuff actually okay i don't know if they I didn't say it in the show but i think nuke is a weapon plus thing in real stanky shit yeah and uh and she sort of gets addicted to this high of like adrenaline and being able to go out and like you know she starts moonlighting as a vigilante and shit too but uh and then just it's malcolm involved how yeah, dare she gets malcolm involved she fucking gets involved with malcolm uh, and it's just like she starts acting way out of character, and it sort of becomes like one of the one of those like Jesse Spano like I, I'm so excited, I'm so excited, <laughs> I'm so Save by the Bell situations. I'm where, so yeah, just so yeah, she just sort of just starts keep keeps going down this fucking road, and eventually the inhaler runs out because of course it was going to, and then she starts pursuing the doctor uh carl or whatever that uh did the surgeries on 
uh, Jessica and her mother. That changed them into yeah. who they were with power, like the people with powers. Yeah. And, uh, and basically like begs him to do the same to her. And then she becomes the fucking damsel in distress because it's a stupid risky procedure. But she's like, I don't care. I need to be special. I'm Trish. I hurt everything and everyone. <laughs> And uh, everybody should pay attention to me because I'm blind I'm a, and I don't have enough attention anymore. I'm a former child star. I'm addicted to being special and I'm not special now. So I need to have fucking million needles in my back. I reignited a relationship with my toxic mother. <laughs> yeah. So Why? All that because I felt like it. And she, like, the thing is, like, you can't empathize with her because you can see that everything she's doing is just fucking terrible decision after terrible decision and also she's the goddamn worst yeah and uh yeah i I think it's mostly writing i think that the actress herself did a pretty good job with what she was given but i just no way (laughs) sorry but uh do not agree yeah i i i had very very little use for patsy by the end of the fucking season and here's the thing Everything, everything about her was like angsty and pissy, and like from the like from that moment when she was, you know, doing her single album song, or whatever it was. What oh, was God. that? What was that? Uh, cray, what cray, was that fucking uh, yeah, yeah, cray, cray, make it, make it, was, it cray or whatever. Yeah. You make me cray, cray, or something like that. God, I can't remember. So bad. I hated it so much, like, and it was I was so angry and annoying. But it was. I know, Even, but it was obnoxious. It was really bad. It was so awful. And, like, I'm sitting there just, like, fucking fuming. Mar- my mark is like, okay, babe, it's fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is the worst thing that's ever existed. Who the fuck made this? Why the fuck did they think this was a good idea? Like, who put this in? Who wrote this? Who, who existed like, this? Who, who made, made this? Who put this into the world? How, how dare they? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like, it was just, I was, I was personally offended by how bad it was. <laughs> and then like her being on the ground in front of that guy about to give him head for drugs. Mm-hmm. I was like, get out of here. Yeah, this is just a stereotype now. Part of it is just that, that, that stuff, like the, most of the Trish stuff in the whole season just felt kind of, out of place it didn't really fit in with the rest of the the rest of the story very well it was literally a drug psa hey kids turn off cray cray (laughs) i'm playing it in the background (laughs) fucking turn that off chris is gonna have an aneurysm on the podcast (laughs) i don't know if you guys can hear him singing it get out of here you three and a four get out your post three and a half host yeah what shut up mark i hate you i'm hosting for god's sake anyway i i'm gonna murder you um i i hated it so much and like the thing about tris is that she just there was no growth like she was a total bitch to jessica and like Jessica like laid it on thick, but then was still like, no, I love you. I was like, okay, she's done a lot of shit to you. And like, we'd never heard before about this time when Jess and Tris didn't talk for a while or like this new boyfriend that was 
like, was he actually going to give her over to those guys in the alleyway before her mom killed him? Like, what was going on there? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was handled really <sighs> poorly, I think, compared to the rest of the season. And I just fucking, I, uh, I hate her so much. Mar- Mark's just smiling at us, which makes me think that he didn't hate it like we did. No, I, I, I didn't. I don't know. Like she got a little shrill at the end by the end of the season. And so that did get a little tiresome, but like for the most part, she's like, <sighs> I kind of got where she was coming from. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I understood it. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I, mean, I get the intent that they were trying to put behind her. It just didn't click with me. It's horrible. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't like the main, like it's not the main focus of me watching this show. So I was kind of like, all right, it's there, whatever. It's fine. Um, and I like the actress. So like, I was kind of enjoying what she was doing with stuff, but like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't lose my mind over it the way you guys seem to have. I, it kind of felt like, it's like she's a she's a broken child star who's psychologically traumatized by her mom and has been like that for her whole life. So yeah, she's gonna be fucked up and then start having issues with her superhero fucking half sister or stepsister, and then she's gonna get she's already a fucking addict, so she gets hooked on the super soldier serum because who wouldn't get hooked on a super soldier serum? And that starts acting out. But she like I think part of the problem was just like the way they had her interacting with people was really obnoxious. Whereas like, I felt the story kind of made sense. I just felt like when she started doing shit, like talking to Jessica or like giving Malcolm the, the fucking thing, like the, that made me mad. I was like, okay, now you're just yeah. being shitty. Yeah. But like at the same time, like I can still kind of addicts want other addicts to fucking be addicts with, you know what I mean? So like she knew he has problems. So she thought he, she could bring him down to her level. That and was really almost funny. did, yeah. which was, it was shitty, but it was a great moment for Mal. Yeah. But can we talk for a second about that bit of a plot hole? Because then he ran off into the night and then we didn't see him for an episode and then we came back and he was fine. <laughs> like it was just he was like, I'm not fine, Trish. Okay, I'm not fine. And then they made out and had sex. And I was like, You're fine. <laughs> to be fair, if I was if I was in front of Patsy Walker, I probably would have gone for it too. So <laughs> no there's nothing cool about her. She's Hellcat. She's the worst. What more do you want? I, I want her to be good. <laughs> I love that character in the comics too, so I have a fondness for her. But I hate her so much. I don't know. All right. Well, that's that's been my major gripe. This has been gripes with Chris. <laughs> um, let's uh Tim, what were your other gripes? My biggest one was it suffered a lot from the same issue that I that I thought that Stranger Things season 2 uh suffered from that sort of fucking tr- uh just track jumping episode. I don't think yeah. that it needed that fucking flashback episode at all in part because we'd already been told everything that happened in that fucking episode. It was just like, Hey, all those things that we talked about earlier in the season, here's them actually happening. Just in case you didn't believe that they happened. <laughs> um, it just, it, okay, o- it over explained the character backgrounds. Uh, it killed the fucking pacing of the season for me. Um, luckily I got back on board pretty quickly, but uh, I think part of it, it might not be entirely this show's fault. I think I am starting to get kind of burnt out on. There are a lot of series out there that rely pretty heavily on flashbacks. I mean, we talked about Arrow earlier. It's true. And it's just becoming kind of overdone. I would just much rather see, you know, if you're going to tell a fucking origin story, tell an origin story and then go off and do other stuff with it or just give us the character. Comic book shows and movies and stuff have become such a staple of culture at this point that we don't need fucking origin stories for all of them at least not super detailed ones 
I actually kind of enjoyed the origin story episode. Um, just because I didn't know all that stuff. Like I knew some of it, but like I I didn't like the cray cray. I thought that was <laughs> false. But like you were supposed to actually, hate that though. Yeah. I hated it so much. But um I did I did kind of enjoy seeing Jessica's mother's perspective. Yeah, seeing her like watch her daughter grow up and at it from a distance kind yeah. of thing. That was all right, but I mean, I that added. but that was like what five minutes out of that episode or something like that that they could have shown as a cold open or something, rather than as a whole. Like it didn't. Yeah. I I just didn't feel like I needed a whole episode of young Trish and young uh, Jessica. And that's fair. I mean, it didn't really build their relationship too much trish was still just being a dick. yeah exa- exactly i mean you know it's we'd already heard that they're you know sort of the overview of what they what their life was like growing up together i didn't just i never really needed to see that um yeah but yeah besides that the only other thing was that i mean i'm sure that they pulled it from the comics in terms of you know what jessica's origin actually ends up being but it felt a lot like uh, how they brought Coulson back from the dead in Agents of Shield. Mm. Um, you know, he was near, oh, near yeah, death experimental procedure kind of thing, and we've already kind of seen that once in the MCU, so it felt a little recycled to me. But that was minor. I don't know. Exper- uh, super Soldier experimenting in the MCU is not something that is uh, rare or ever going to go away because that's kind of the the central theme of yeah. Post nine eleven people get there. Powers and well, like things. it's kind of become like the the center of like post nine eleven Marvel storytelling, yeah. where like most of what a lot of what superhero like a lot of the superheroing that goes on is because a result of trying to replicate Captain America yeah. and never quite being able to do that. So, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's it's a Marvel trope almost at this point. So, yeah, Christy, it's never going to go away. Christy, what is Mark showing you now? Has he got his wiener out? He was showing me. He was showing me something. I was trying to be quiet so I wasn't interrupting. <laughs> he was showing me a video called, what was it called? Philip the Hyper Hypo. And he's like, tell me that when you looked at this, you didn't see Malcolm, like the scene with Malcolm. And it's just this like boy in a helmet, like pulling a Stuart from Mad TV and then humping a playground pole until it comes out of the ground and then pulling it and running away because he's so hyper. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so go on mark yeah i don't have anything like i don't gripe i mean i didn't think the mother's character was super well developed or maybe just like i didn't like the actress or something like that she just and i know what she was supposed to kind of be like blank slate yeah a lot of the time yeah. but she felt perennially blank slate and that was my big gripe I was like i don't care about the mother character at all yeah I so her being so it. central to the plot that i was kind of like i think that was part of my problem with like jessica's like the plot like her plot throughout the season was like because i didn't really care about the mom and then they killed kale and keith rennie which is the, like kind of keeping my attention i was like oh maybe he'll go crazy eventually and like do kale and keith rennie things but he never really did and they just kept the mom kind of as like this weird kind of brain damaged kind of quasi addled person and i was just like i don't i mean it was it was a it felt like a weird commentary on mental health issues in the states but like they didn't quite stick the landing on it kind of thing so okay but I don't know. It was it was weird. So that was that was the only real thing that like really stuck out to me because like I didn't I didn't get as bent out of shape out of the support character being shitty the way you guys did. So I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I mean, she, she was. I mean, she was hardly even a support character. Like, she was. I would say one of three main characters. Yeah, she was. 
she's much more of a main this year than she was before. Mm-hmm. So I get why people were like, and it's not like just you guys, like I've seen it all over the place. I just, I don't know, for some reason mm-hmm. it did not phase me the way it seems to have phased everybody else. I was just kind of like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Like she was kind of, she, but she's kind of a stuck up like snotty brat in the first season too. You know what I mean? So like her going off the deep end, as soon as she starts taking drugs, I was like, yeah, it doesn't sound seem out of character to me at all. Like she's, you know what I mean? Like that, none of it struck me. As I wouldn't say it sound, it off, was out so. of character to me. It was more just that it wasn't done in a way that like I could really empathize with her or sympathize with her character. Yep. Fair enough. I just want to pull a John Ralphio and be like, she was the worst. <laughs> well, I actually just got like auto tune out of that because you glitched a little bit at the end of it, mm-hmm. which, which was really appropriate. Excellent. But yeah, so like I get, I get the relevance of Trish. I get why she was, you know, important to highlight. I get it. You know, like she's, she's an important character, blah, blah, blah. But um, I just, I I don't know. There was so much, and I, I kind of agree with you about the mom in that she was very two-dimensional, again, because she was like, I love Jessica. Jessica's my life. Jessica's my child. But I can't control myself enough to not be a crazy pants fuck person and not murder people. Yeah, fuck this piano. <laughs> in particular. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny, actually. I, I kind of... <laughs> fuck that baby. <laughs> That baby too loud. Can we like maybe check the phrasing on that? (laughs) Just a little bit, but maybe. Thank you. Never. Yeah, that could never be taken out of context and used against you. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. But yeah, when she was just like, "This baby's too loud." Ah! It's like, what the hell is going on? It was. It was a. It was a weird character that I think was hard. Would have been hard to write. You know, even if she had been treated really well, but I think I, I agree she wasn't maybe the most compelling part of the season, which made it made it a little harder to get really invested in their relationship. And it was because the most compelling character in the series this time was was Jerry. Well, because she Jessica's had other Jessica's actual mother figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we haven't even talked yet. About the sexiest edition, um, who was Oscar by J.R. Ramirez, the new sexy man in Jessica's life. Though we all know it's only temporary because of Luke. Uh, well, I guess it depends on whether or not they actually go with the comic story where they hook up. But mm-hmm. I mean, I I appreciated that they gave her someone to be with that was sort of flawed like oh, her. Shit, that was the guy that played Ted Grant on Arrow. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, you didn't catch that? Oh, okay. Huh. Anyways, sorry. Yes, how dare uh, you? Ted Grant is a, a, a wildcat character named Wildcat in the DC universe. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, anyway, um, I was like, I have nothing to add to that. I guess in the end, was there, besides the standout performances and everything, um, was there anything else... What would you have changed? What would be the plot point that you would have adapted on your own to make the show a little bit better? Like, what if you could do one or two things to make the show better? What would they have been? Mm. Apparently, tone down Trish. I I guess <laughs> fucking hate might have so been much. something they could have done. I think I, I I think I just would have liked to have seen Trish sort of do more good. Like if if she was gonna be this tempted by you know the whatever it is. 
mental plus health yeah health grow plus or, or something. whatever it is serum i i i why yeah i just would have liked to have seen like her actual you know be actually out there like doing good not like you know trying to go pick fights and shit like that i would rather you know i would i would rather have her more have her had more something more to be tempted by to make her a little bit more likable than Drew. yeah well i mean it's just a better reason for her to have become like addicted to those right like not just like hey it's you know i love the adrenaline rush but like hey look i'm actually out there like doing good things and making a difference and that is good and it's worth me you know going through all the shit havoc that this is wreaking on my personal life kind of thing yeah can we just for one second talk about how she gave up this pretty rad relationship yeah. well r- rad relationship like, i mean he wasn't might have been a plant but i think that that was all actually him planning for her we were supposed to think he was a plant but he was planning for her um engagement oh, for her, uh, yeah okay I must have missed that. Granted, I'll I'll say that I was watching most of this while I was work- working, so Fair there might have been some like little nuance and stuff like that that I didn't uh, didn't necessarily catch, or a couple plot points that got past me. Yeah. No, that's understandable. Like there were that in particular, I caught because I I was so convinced that he was stealing her story. I was like, of course she would end up with a dick. They want me to feel bad for her, and I don't. <laughs> and then she was just like, I just knew as soon as like you, you got down on what or you, you asked me and I was like, now I'm just really disappointed that it wasn't the people here for that story. And I just think that means I don't love you. I was like, oh, fuck off, Trish, Trish, whatever your name is. I hate you. Get your life together. Besides that, I think, uh, I think I would have liked to have seen, uh, Elisa and, uh, the the doctor maybe fleshed out a little bit more uh mm. what malice or whatever i agree that they were kind of 1d characters and that maybe a little bit more could have been done with them like you know maybe have a little bit more on them instead of this fucking stupid flashback episode that i didn't need fair enough <laughs> what about you mark I, I repeat the same thing i repeat every time with these shows um she should have made at least one phone call to one of her superpowered friends <laughs> to be like hey i'm my mom showed back up and is like 12 times stronger than I am. And I might need like, I don't know, an indestructible man that I know to come like kind of help yeah. wrangle her. But she's, yeah. I don't know. But Jessica's so proud that I think. I, I, yeah. But at the same time, it's well, like, I mean, her and uh, her, her and, and Matt, Matt in particular, I, you know, I can see them being, you know, like, no, I can do this. I don't need anybody else's help kind of thing. Yeah, it just like it would have been. It would have been nice if somebody like, at least have somebody be like, "Why don't you call one of the guys that you just like saved the city with?" If you're dealing with this yeah. stuff, especially like because you that seems like something Mal should have brought up at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Malcolm totally should have been like, "Um, we just met like Daredevil and shit. Like, can we call yeah. like Daredevil yeah, and you're shit?" Because like, they're, yeah, like you're being yeah. stupid and like you know Daredevil. I mean, okay, Daredevil's dead. Wait, well, they think yeah. Daredevil's dead, but like. I mean, as annoying as it would be, like Danny Rand is around doing vigilante stuff and is super powered. Yeah. So, like, call? I don't know. I just, it, like, it's little things like that where I'm like, I get why they do it and they don't want to have a big fucking cameo. And I love seeing Foggy and stuff because I love that character yeah. and the actor and stuff. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I'm like, you're in a shared universe, share the fucking universe. Like, at least, at least even just the call to Luke, you didn't even have to show him. You just be like, thanks, Luke, and then hang up. And that's the end kind of thing. Like, he can't help and then walk away. It's like, oh, at least she made the call. They didn't even mention it. And that always like just 
niggles at me for some yeah. reason. So other than that, like not, not, there's not much I would super change. I don't think we didn't really, we didn't talk a ton about like the, the Hogarth story, which I had like almost zero problems with and was like so well acted and stuff like so, that. Um, it was, yeah. He said it just, it almost, it felt like a separate story to an extent. Yeah, I was like, it did. It, it, like, that's the thing. Like, it feel, I feel so disconnected from everything else. Like that, especially that, yeah. that, that, and like, and like, I'm wondering if that's something that like they've done because like, I don't know if Carrie Ann Moss is just like, I don't know, filming, filming schedules or something or yeah, something weird. Like it's that. either that, like, especially because they've they've rolled Foggy and that plot could continue in the Daredevil. Like, they don't necessarily have to like just deal with that in Jessica Jones. Like, that's a character that can float mm-hmm. a little bit over the course of the yeah. Maybe, maybe she's the new Night Nurse. It's possible. Yeah. But like even even if just because Foggy's there, like you know you're gonna get a, a Hogarth cameo probably in season three of Daredevil. So hopefully anyway, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like I I don't have a lot that I would change. I would probably like I would probably have spent less time on Trish and more time on her mom and get that character developed properly. Cause I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't read far enough into the comics to know if that character actually is like a comic character, like they got adapted over. Cause like it's not from the first like 50 or 60 issues of alias so i don't know which character the mother mother, yeah yeah apparently she is a comic book character i was just looking through a wikipedia article earlier um but uh it's elisa jones let's see what's her first appearance uh alias number 22 really yeah i wonder if she i wonder if they maybe they were just showing her as like a flashback july july 2003 yeah, maybe. I don't think I don't remember. Th- I don't remember this story at all really happening in the comics. Actually, so it might have just been like a flashback uh, to her family life. I don't know. I'd have to go back and yeah. It looks it looks like it looks like they didn't end up bringing her back in the comics because yeah, the so. sort of comic the, the majority of the synopsis of her is from the show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think they just showed her as like her family life, and then actually, I don't think this actually happened in the comics. But mm. don't quote me on yeah. that. So. Either. Apparently they were driving to Disney World when they're when the accident yep, happened. They say that in the show. No, they don't. No, was they it? don't. No, she. They were driving to the beach. Or yeah, whatever, they right? didn't say that. I apologize. Um, I was thinking of. Uh, I saw come from away on the weekend, and they had a line in there about how there was a plane on its way to when the nine eleven attacks happened. There was a plane on its way to Disney World with forty wish kits. And they had to oh, land in oh. Gander, and they didn't get to go to Disney World in the end. Oh, you know. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I guess the thing that I would change, just quickly say it, and then we should probably wrap this episode, is um, I would have, I would have made Trisha's story less in that I would have had her in the show a bit less because then maybe yeah. dead. Then maybe I wouldn't have like. <laughs> cared because her spiral happened very quickly and at the same time took so long (laughs) i would say um yeah i just think her spiral went from zero to 60 in 3.5 maybe you got the keys just shut up and drive but um yeah that's right brianna (laughs) but um i just think that there was a bunch of stuff in the show that went super fast and then they still had seven to eight more episodes of Phil. And so I don't know how I would have changed that, but I just wish everything was as compelling and well acted and interesting as the Jerry storyline because the Inez character was interesting. I didn't see that coming right away until like 
um, Jessica was like healing and like nobody, I didn't have a healer. I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> like immediately just bummed, <laughs> like felt so bad. Yeah, that was pretty and when she got to the pawn shop, that whole scene was really interesting. Cause she didn't even, except when she gave away her watch from her ex, like dead, her dead wife. I was like, ah. yeah, but, she, but, um, she didn't like her wife. So I know, but it, she still mourned her. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I saw that. I thought her little scene where, like, at the beginning, she was, uh, there's all this, there's a, there's a nice little hip, like, hypocritical scene from her where she was, she says something, but then she immediately turns on her, uh, ex secretary, like the, the, the smoking hot girl that she was cheating on her wife with in the first season. I was like, well, did you see how she was dressed? I was like, nice double standard, like, well played. I like, I like that character. Like, the, the super lawyerness of that character is just like, it's a little over the top sometimes, but it's, I don't know. She plays it like yeah. so well. So yeah, and, and how she manipulated the uh, her partners was yeah. pretty fucking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just about to say that, like her relationship with Malcolm, I really enjoyed watching that grow because it really gave his character depth. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how he was going to end up at the other um in like PI firm, but I was excited to see how that was going to happen because he held on so long to Jessica being such a dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um. My advice would be after you finish watching Jessica Jones, go watch the first episode of The Bitch in Apartment 23 because that's Kristen Ritter. Yeah. And you get to see her like almost fully nude in the first episode and she's so different. And it's like such a fun clash to watch against her Jessica. I just find it amazing how different Kristen Ritter is in real life compared to like, you know, all these characters that she plays that are like really cold, distant bitches for lack of a better word kind of thing oh she's not no, like that you no know, like it, it, i've been seeing her making the rounds on uh like colbert and and a daily show and stuff like that and she's like super like bubbly and yeah, she's, a, she's a total she's a total sweetheart like, like she's like so uh, effervescent and fun to yeah, listen and to and stuff she's got she's got this like line of knitting uh patterns and stuff like that and knitting did you guys not hear that story and- that uh when they were filming defender she got charlie cox hooked on knitting like they both sat around knitting on set together what? yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> that's yeah, cute. It's awesome yeah i just try to picture daredevil and jessica jones sitting around knitting in their spare time it's, that's adorable that's yeah um but yeah if you guys do you guys have anything else you want to talk about or do you think that's about it I think I got through all my notes. Alrighty. What about you, Mark? Uh no, I got nothing. Do, do we want to give do we want to give ratings? Well, just, yeah, like do we want to give ratings or like compare it to the rest of the, the shows or like what are you guys thinking about? Oh in a, in the ranking? Yeah, kinda. Um Yeah, I think it's sitting I mean it's sitting overall, I think the season was probably better than Luke Cage. Uh I definitely Iron Fist. It's probably sitting Somewhere around Defenders for me. Yeah. Uh, not as good as either. This season's a Daredevil. Definitely not as good as the first season. Jessica Jones. Out of 10, I'd probably put it at like a 7.5 or an 8, something like that. Whereas I think I probably had put the first season Jessica Jones at like a 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Yep. I uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that rating, actually. Good. We're... That's, that's we yeah. never end up coming in around this. <laughs> yeah, same. you guys never agree. Always got like. <laughs> As a side note, um, she was on the cover. Christian Ritter was on the cover of Vogue Knitting. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'll I'll just say my reading because mm-hmm. my brain my brain has stopped working. Sorry, guys. I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of us by a lot of us I mean all of us. <laughs> I would give it. I'd probably give it like an eight point five, maybe a nine. Depends on really? the day. Probably an eight point five. Yeah. It. I don't think it was. No. You know what? Eight. I'll just give it a flat eight. It wasn't like yeah. It was nowhere near as good as the first season, which was like a solid nine nine point five for me. Oh, yeah. It's still it's still Daredevil season one, then Jessica Jones. And then Daredevil season two, kind of for me, I think in the, like at the very top of these shows, um, mm-hmm. this falls around the same kind of place where like under that, like under those first three, those three seasons, there's kind of like Defenders uh, this season of Jessica Jones, with, like Jessica Jones would sit just a little bit below Defenders and Punisher for me so far, because I fucking loved Punisher. We never talked about that one. So yeah, yeah, like, that was that was uh, I would I would I would give that like I know a lot of people had weird things to say about it, but I was like a nine nine out of ten for me for sure. Punisher, I enjoyed the shit out of that. Yeah, I think I think I enjoyed Punisher more than I enjoyed the season Jessica Jones. I haven't finished Punisher. I only watched episode one. But my next my next show is going to be Star Trek Discovery. So don't tell me I should watch it. Oh yeah, no, you got to watch, watch Discovery. Discovery. Yeah, we definitely need to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. We need to do it. We probably need to do a no news episode for me to talk about Star Trek, though. So. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Mark will deep dive into ship oh, yeah. design, we'll into like lore and like weird timeline awesome. shit, and like <laughs> yeah. how the functionality of the phasers works and shit. Yeah, it'd be a good time. So it'd be fun <laughs> for me, anyway. Yeah. You're so goofy, but yeah, yeah. Why, why the spore drive is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, don't and spoil where did anything it, for me. And where did it go? I don't understand. It just, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Let's end the episode. I want to go to bed. I'm tired. Me too. My shoulder hurts. (laughs) Well, friends, this has been Dan's Robot Dance episode 88. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on Jessica Jones. And um, what you, you know, answer our questions that we asked in the episode. What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you have changed to make a little bit better in your opinion? Um, you know, what, uh, what were your overall thoughts and what would you be, what would be your rating on the show? Um, in the, uh, MCU, MCU. My brain. Yeah. yeah. No, that's Netflix great. MCU. Yeah. Netflix MCU. Um, we we want to hear. We want to know. So you can find us on social media. We're all over the place with Dance Robot Dance. Um, our Facebook is, um, you know, it's got the slash and then the Dance Robot Dance podcast at the end of it. We got Twitter. That's DRD underscore podcast. Um, you can find us on um, iTunes, Dance Robot Dance podcast. We're all over the place with um, different apps and things like that. But uh, if you want to drop us a rating, that would be awesome. Anytime someone rates the show, I share it. Um, and then, um, my Mark just sent me a message saying we are 10 out of 10 cray crays. Um, <laughs> 10 crays out of 10. You make me cray cray. I hate it. I hate myself for saying that. I hate it. It's so bad. Oh, it's so bad. And then you can send us an email at dance robot dance podcast gmail.com. If you so choose, we don't really check it to be perfectly honest. We're more Facebooky people, but, um, yeah, you can find us on stitcher. You can find us on shout engine. You can find us on podcast addict. We all over the place. So, uh, let's say good night. Uh, boys, uh, Tim, you want to say good night? Good night. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. How about you, Mark? Perchy worker. Perchy. How about you, Mark? She's perchy. Perchy cracker. Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm ending the episode. No, I gotta say bye. You gotta say bye. Say bye. Bye. Listen, there's so much hate in his voice. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.
Die, Trish Walker. I hate her so much. <laughs> you guys sadden me.